And we can be tempted to be afraid and to be fearful and to wonder if there is not some kind of extreme action that's going to come against us in our own community. And if that were to come to us, we have to cling to these verses. We have to cling to the Word of God. We have to believe what it says. And we have to pray that Yahweh's sovereign ruler will come quickly, right? This is Timeless Truth Today, and I'm your host, Matt Williams. Welcome to the final installment in Pastor Lance Quinn's five-part series, Which Way Are You Going? Pastor Lance has been showing us that people are on one of two paths, the path of the wicked or the path of the righteous. They're walking in the way of the world or they're walking in the way of the Lord. In today's message, we'll see from Psalm 2 that no matter how much evil and uncertainty there is in the world today, we can be certain that God reigns and rules and that He will prevail. Pastor Lance reminds us that all people will face Him, either with fear and trembling because of their life of sin and wickedness, or with joy and thanksgiving because of their life of righteous obedience. Here's part five of Which Way Are You Going? Verse 5, then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury. I mean, it appears in our world right now that something like, quote-unquote, radical Islam, and maybe we should take that adjective quite away. Maybe it's getting to that point. It looks as though they're in charge. It looks as though they do things by stealth. It looks as though they can take an AR assault rifle and go into a place seemingly unannounced in the shadows, in the darkness of the night and begin to mow people down in the savagery of it all. And if you watch via the internet and you see rapes and murders and beatings and dungeons and, and torching people and all of that, if all of that is true, if all of that is happening, and I don't doubt it at all, it seems as though they're in charge. It seems as though this overthrow of the world is somewhat imminent. It may not happen in this decade. It may not happen in another 25 years. It may not happen for another 100 years until the Lord uh, tarries and comes back to His own. But, but it could be happening, and it could be happening like a flood. And it may look like people are asking the question, and it may sound legitimate. Where is God? What is He doing? What is His response? Why can't we all get along? Why is everything happening like this? Why is this happening? Isn't God doing something? Where's your God, Christian? And He will speak to them in His wrath. And He will terrify them in His fury. That's why the writer to Hebrews says, it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. There's not going to be a uniting of religious faiths. There cannot be. If biblical principles hold forth, if we have a creed, if we believe doctrinal truths, we aren't the same. We will never be the same. We will never be able to unite with all religious faiths. It cannot happen. Because to do that would be to halt between two opinions. It would be to, to affirm things that cannot be affirmed. No, one day, when God does what He does, when He does, at His time frame, and upon his providential work, he will speak to them in his wrath, and he will terrify them in his fury. And this is what he'll say, verse 6. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. And it was King David for a time. 
It was David's son, Solomon, for a time. And there's no ruling king on Zion right now. In fact, in the holy city of Jerusalem, there are three different faiths who are all trying to grapple for the same piece of real estate, right? Islam, Judaism, Christianity. And one day, when God says, for time and times and half a time, this will happen. I will set my king on Zion, my holy hill. That's my response to the rebellious. I will take over and my king shall be installed. The third stanza. Yahweh's sovereign ruler will reign. Sovereign ruler, the ruler in the stead of Yahweh will reign. Look at verses 7, 8, and 9. I will tell of the decree. I'll tell of the covenant. I'll tell of the agreement. I will tell of the plan. And what is that plan? Lord, Yahweh said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. What does he mean? What what does that mean? Well, that means that there's going to be a son. But David's son. And you and I know it's going to be David's greater son, right? And that son is going to be installed as king on Zion, on God's holy hill. It's a decree. It's going to happen. You don't need to be fearful. You don't need to be afraid. There is a time. It's going to be a time either during our lifetime or a time after our lifetime for our children or our grandchildren or whoever our posterity will be at that time. And God will tell of the decree. It will happen. It is inviolable. It will happen. And who shall it be? I don't know who it might be in successive order. And it probably will not be anybody else on a human level until the Lord Jesus Christ Himself comes and takes over. You know what leads me to believe that? Well, look at what the New Testament does to that very phrase, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Look at Hebrews 1.5. There is no temple now in Judaism. It's been destroyed, 70 A.D. And I think that there shall not be until the Lord Jesus Christ literally, visibly, physically comes to the earth to do the sovereign's bidding. Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, verse 1, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, that was his cross work, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's the position of power. That's the position of authority. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. In other words, he's superior than all angels. And then this quote, 
For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Jesus Christ is David's greater son. And he's going to reign. Yes, it's true that the nations are enraged right now. And that's why people become so much more enraged at the name of Jesus, at the truth about Jesus, at the truth about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. The truth about Jesus, as it said in Acts 4.12, there is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be what? Saved. Delivered. No other name. There is no other name. This is God's Son. And according to Hebrews 1.5, He is the ultimate fulfillment of this psalm. And the very next, or the next half of the verse, or again, this is the quotation, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. That is a quote right out of 2 Samuel 7.14, which is the prophecy that says that I will install my king, David, on the throne, and there will be a throne of David that will last forever and ever and ever. And that's not David. David was in the grave. But there is one who did not suffer decay. And he is David's greater son, and he's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to reign forever and ever and ever. This is the ultimate fulfillment of 2 Samuel 7.14. It's the ultimate fulfillment of Psalm 2.7. Look at chapter 5, verse 5. This is talking about Jesus as the great high priest. And this is another quotation of the same psalm, Psalm 2. So also, Hebrews 5.5, Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, appointed by the Father who said to Christ, You are my Son, today I have begotten you. Another quotation from Psalm 2. This is referring to Christ, my friends. This is Jesus. This is not any other would-be Savior. This is not any king of the earth. This is not some ruler who's out there who's going to try to take over the world, whether it's Islam or whatever it is. This is God decreeing Psalm 2-7. You're my son. Today I've begotten you. In other words, he wasn't created. He's being made king. He's going to be installed. And what does God say about him in Psalm 2-8? Ask of me, and I will make the nations, these raging nations, these peoples who are plotting in vain, I will make them your heritage. You're going to be in charge of them. You're going to take over, and the ends of the earth, your possession. Jesus Christ, when He came the first time, came as that lowly servant, right? And he went through unimaginable suffering and pain as the sinless Son of God. But when he returns again, he will return as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And he will reign forever and ever. And the ends of the earth will be his possession, and the nations will be his own heritage. And look at verse 9. You, speaking ultimately of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
You shall break them with a rod of iron. You could re-vocalize that in Hebrew, and it will be, You shall smash them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. When a warring faction came in and took over another country and plundered their capital city, they would write the name of their king on the potter's vessel. This is our city now. This is our country now. We've acquired it. We've tortured you. We've captured you. And we're going to write the name of our great king on all of the earthenware. And what does Jesus do? When He comes, He's going to smash you with a rod of iron and He's going to dash you in pieces and He's going to take that potter's vessel with any other name other than His own and it shall be smashed forever. You say, when's this going to happen? Look at Revelation chapter 2. You want to know when this is going to happen? Revelation chapter 2. I don't know the exact time and nobody else does either, but Revelation 2.27 says this. Revelation 2.27, And He will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even, these are the very words of Jesus, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. He's going to control them. He's going to smash them. He's going to break them to pieces. He is is going to be in charge. Look at Revelation chapter 12. Revelation 12:5 She being Eve of old gave birth to a male child. Symbolically, of course, this is Israel and Israel is going to produce the Messiah, none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is what it says of him Revelation 12.5, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. It's exactly what Psalm 2 says. And look at the end, the ultimate end, Revelation 19. This is glorious, my friends. Don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. Verse 11, then I saw open, Revelation 19.11, and behold, a white horse The one sitting on it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty on his robe and on his thigh. He has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's going to come. He's going to be installed as Zion's king, and he's going to be in charge. That's what Psalm 2 will ultimately see as its fulfillment. That's Yahweh's sovereign ruler who who will reign. Yes, temporarily. We see these destructive elements in our world, and we wonder about our families. We wonder about our houses. We wonder about our food supply. We wonder about so many things. 
And we can be tempted to be afraid and to be fearful and to wonder if there is not some kind of extreme action that's going to come against us in our own community. And if that were to come to us, we have to cling to these verses. We have to cling to the Word of God. We have to believe what it says. And we have to pray that Yahweh's sovereign ruler will come quickly, right? Lord Jesus, come quickly. Please come and smash them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel and place your own name on everything. Your name being called the Word of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Fourthly and last, the fourth stanza. Obey Yahweh's ruler or perish. That's, that's how he ends. Obey Yahweh's ruler or perish. Verse 10. Now therefore, O kings. This is the plea. This is Yahweh's declaration of what you've got to do. In, in, the, in the face of Yahweh God, the creator of the universe, the most powerful being, and when he says, listen, when all of these things are going to happen, when, when all of this destruction is going to come, when Jesus returns and he sets up his kingdom and he rules and reigns for a thousand years, and then when he puts down the ultimate rebellion and when he throws Satan and the false prophet and the beast and the lake of fire that burns forever and ever, and when Jesus reigns for eternity, when that happens and long before, You better take notice, he says. If that's the end of the story, you better act right now. And here's what he says, verse 10. Now therefore, O kings, you better be wise. This is God's word to the nation. This is God's word to the world. You better be wise. This is God's word to anybody who does violence to God's people and who enrages against God himself. You better be wise. Be warned. O rulers of the earth, I'm telling you right now, you better repent. You better serve Yahweh God. Don't serve the gods of your own making. Don't serve the gods of your own choosing. You're plotting in vain. Your plans aren't going to come to fruition. You're taking your stand as the kings of the earth against me, Yahweh says. And he says, I tell you this. This is what you must do. This is a command. Verse 11. Serve the Lord with fear. Serve the Lord with fear. You say, why? Because you're this warrior God and I'm going to cringe in your presence? Well, there's a sense of healthy dread. Right? There's a sense of healthy dread. But notice what he says next. And rejoice with trembling. You know what that is? Holy awe. Yeah, there's, there's a two-pronged understanding of fearing God. Healthy dread. Healthy dread. Serve the Lord with fear. And a awe-inspiring reverence. Rejoice with trembling. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Have a holy dread of our great God. And have this, this awe-inspiring reverence of the joy of serving our God. And then verse 12. Kiss the Son. Pay homage to God's King. 
And of course, we know that ultimate fulfillment is the Lord Jesus Christ. Kiss His feet in humble adoration. Bow before Him. That's the warning of Yahweh. Obey Yahweh's ruler. Serve Him. Rejoice in Him. Do homage to Him. Worship Him. Or perish. Because He says, kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish in the way. For His wrath is quickly kindled. Instant obedience. You will obey even if begrudgingly. Remember Philippians 2? He shall be exalted and every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. You're either going to bow your knee and confess to Jesus as Lord because you want Him as Lord, you obey Him as Lord, you love Him as Lord, or every knee will bow and confess even begrudgingly, I don't want to do this. I want to serve Allah. I want to serve some other God of my own making. But I have to admit begrudgingly that I must submit to the One who is ruling over me. And if I don't, His anger and His wrath are upon me and I shall perish. And if that's where all if that's all that it said, it would end on a very negative note. But notice what it says, going right back to Psalm one one Blessed are all who take refuge in him. This is the answer to the message we must heed and hear. Blessed are all who take refuge in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, this is such clarity. While the President of the United States gives his word, and as much as we are called upon in Scripture to respect the office, we know that there is a greater office, and it is the office of God Almighty. And we are to give heed to his eternal, authoritative, binding word. And we do so. Thank you for Psalm 2. We are called upon to pray with boldness. And we know that Acts 13.33 tells us that your Son, the one you have begotten, is being declared the Lord Christ, your anointed through His resurrection from the dead. And so we pray with boldness and with reverent fear that no matter what happens in our world, we as Christians, undoubtedly persecuted in so many other parts of the world and potentially in our own country as time goes on, and that we would pray fervently that you will one day install your king on Zion, your holy hill, and it will be the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. You are listening to Timeless Truth Today. Pastor Lance Quinn has just assured us God is in control, and he will one day prevail over the evil and the wicked. 
He reminded us from Scripture that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Friend, when that day comes for you, will you be filled with fear or filled with joy? Are you on the path of the righteous or the path of the wicked? Well, if you'd like to learn more about starting or strengthening your own walk with Jesus, simply go to TimelessTruthToday.org, TimelessTruthToday.org. On the homepage, select Broadcasts, and there you'll find an abundance of teaching to help you. Timeless Truth Today is the teaching ministry of Pastor Lance Quinn and a listener-supported outreach of Bethany Bible Church in Thousand Oaks, California. If you're in the area, you're invited to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 200 West Bethany Court in Thousand Oaks, California, or join us online. Our live stream link is available at bethanyto.org, bethanyto.org. Join us on Monday for a new three-part series titled A Living Sacrifice from Romans chapter 12. I'm Matt Williams. Hope you have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Timeless Truth Today.